you don't need a blockbuster hit in order to have a massively successful business uh, and, and have something that could support your life. You just need some true super fans. He is back, folks. Pat Flynn is back on the Become a Media Maven podcast. He's pretty amazing. His podcast was the first I ever listened to. He was the third, the second guest, the third episode on the Become a Media Maven podcast. And I am super excited for you to hear this episode because it is all about forget your number of followers, forget the amount of likes you're getting, forget your subscribers. We need to focus on building super fans. And this is exactly how Pat has built his business to the empire that is that it is today. And he did it by building super fans from the very beginning. And I'm so glad that he's going to talk about what he discusses in this episode. He has a book coming out. It is called Super Fans. He's going to tell you why to do this and how to do this step by step. I am going to link to it in the show notes of this episode. Make sure you pay attention because we're also going to tell you how you can get the audio version of this book for free. Um, and you definitely want to do that if you're like me, which I feel like a lot of people aren't in this regard because this may be a little extra. But I like to read a hardcover book or soft cover, like a physical book. I like to read the book while I'm listening to it. And I speed up the audio and look at the words at the same time and I can read it faster. I know it's a little extra, but that's how I roll. Anywho, Pat is going to tell you why all of these vanity metrics that so many people pay attention to because it makes them feel special don't matter because at the end of the day, what matters is helping people and making a living off of it. And he's going to tell us how to do it. And let me tell you, I don't think there's anybody else more equipped to talk about this topic than Pat Flynn. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Ever wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Pat, you are back again. This is your second time on my podcast. I'm back again. I must have done something right the first time uh, to come back on, but I'm, I'm thankful to be here. <laughs> well, you did teach me everything I know about podcasting, so I guess if I am going to have somebody on twice, it should be you. Oh, well, thank you. And I'm super excited about what we're going to talk about today, which is building super fans, and that just so happens to be the title of your new book. Oh, wow. Look at what a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> which I have already pre-ordered. Thank you. And you just told me that I can actually get the audio version for free if I submit my receipt to yoursuperfans.com. Yes, if you pre-order before August 13th, uh, whether it's on Amazon, Target, or Barnes & Noble, uh, submit your receipt at yoursuperfans.com before August 13th, and uh, during that week, I'll give you the audiobook for free. I love that. Okay, so we can buy it at a couple places. I remember when I bought Will It Fly, I went into Barnes & Noble and I asked for it because you were doing some kind of experiment where we could see if we could get it in the stores by people actually going into Barnes & Noble. So how do people buy it at Target and Barnes & Noble? Uh, just online right now, and it should be available at the stores. We're working – so this is self-published again, just like Will It Fly, but – Will It Fly was published through Amazon's sort of create space, which is uh, they've sort of combined companies now, but those are like print on demand books that you can kind of publish. And when people order them, Amazon prints them out and, and ships them. And so it wasn't really able to get into stores. So we experimented back in 2016 with 
what would happen if we just had everybody go to Barnes & Noble one day and ask for it? Would it even end up on the shelves? And it actually did, which was pretty interesting. But this time, we don't need to do any fun experiments like that because I'm working with a company called New Publishing uh, or New Type Publishing, which uh, has connections to the buyers at those stores. Um, so it'll actually be at Target, Barnes & Noble, and even in a few airports too, even though it's still self-published, which is which is really incredible, and I'm excited for that. That um, is so cool. Yeah, well, so, so we'll see what happens. It's It's a little bit different because I have to – this time, instead of print on demand, I have to sort of guess how many to print beforehand and invest a little bit of money up front. And then uh, then it will get shipped to Amazon and every, everybody else who orders it uh, pre-order and as it comes out. So it's different, but it's fun and exciting. I like just I love trying new things. Yeah. And I love that you take us all along for the ride when you're trying new things. So I will link I do. to where people can get that in the show notes. So um we can just pre-order everything and let's give Pat a good idea of how many to order because we already pre-ordered everything. Okay. Folks? All right. So a hundred thousand from Christina's. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So tell me why you wrote this book. Um, your last two books were amazing. You are you. just celebrating being let go. Hence let go. That was my first book. Yes. yes. So that was, uh, it's sort of a double meaning let go. Like I was let go from my architecture job, which is what, turned me on to entrepreneurship, but let go because letting go of who I thought I was supposed to be was really the answer for how that all happened. And then my next book, Will It Fly, came out, which was my first sort of like business book, if you will, and that did really well, it became a Wall Street Journal bestseller. And then this time it's Superfans, and Superfans I'm really excited about because I think a lot of sort of stars are aligning right now to have it come out at the perfect time for not just me, but for everybody else, because we're in a time now where you know, when you're trying to reach people, social media is sort of getting kind of wonky. Algorithms are getting in the way. Search engine optimization is getting difficult. And, you know, even though people have uh, subscribed to follow us or have subscribed to our email list, not everybody is seeing everything that we come out with. However, when you have super fans, they're going to make sure they capture everything that you come out with. They're going to buy every single product. They're going to market for you without you even asking. They're going to talk about you and your product and your your mission, your creative, whatever it is that you do to everybody they know because they just feel like they're a part of it with you. And that is what I want businesses to build for is for super fans because as much as we are focused on Facebook ads, SEO, targeting and all this stuff to bring new people in, it's kind of a waste because what happens when people get to our brand or discover our product? It's like, well, then we're losing the opportunity to take them on this journey to become somebody who could be our ambassador, who could market for us and without us even having to pay them. And it's something that has happened in my business. So really this stems from a couple things and 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 it's, it's so so it starts with really when I became an entrepreneur I remember uh back in the day I was an architect I got laid off in 2008 and then I started a business helping people pass an architectural exam right and it was around that time that I discovered this article by a man named Kevin Kelly called a thousand true fans and it really inspired me because the real thesis behind that article was you know just imagine you had a thousand true fans, super fans who do all those things that they love about you and, you know, they support you. They'll, if you're a musician, they'll travel eight hours to listen to one of your songs. If, if you're a product designer, they'll design, they'll t have a collection of all your stuff. Like th those are super fans. If you have just a thousand of them and they're each paying you a hundred dollars a year, which is less than $10 a month. I mean, some of us spend over a hundred dollars a month on things we don't even use. Right. So it's on the low end. That's $100,000 right there, 1,000 times 100. And it really puts into perspective for the entrepreneur, for the artist, for the creative, the musician, that you don't need a blockbuster hit in order to have a massively successful business uh, and, and have something that could support your life. You just need some true super fans. And when you want to put that even to, into more perspective, 1,000 fans is 
a fan a day for less than three years. And if you only worked on that in a sh relatively short period of time, you could have something amazing. And of course, you're not, you know, maybe in the beginning it's one fan a day, but then it becomes two fans a day, and those fans bring new fans in, and, and et cetera. And it becomes, it, you know, it's going to happen sooner than you know it. Um, and then right around that time, I was starting my business to help people pass an architectural exam. Very dry, this exam called the lead exam that most people don't know about. And I remember when I started that business, it became pretty successful. And I remember getting an email from a woman named Jackie. And in this email, she was expressing how it took her over a year to study for this exam. But after downloading my guide, it only took her a couple of weeks to pass because it, I, I just made everything so simple for her. And she's like, uh, can I take you out to dinner? Like, I owe you so much. You helped me get a promotion. I can take my family to Disneyland now. This is amazing. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of yours. Like, I'm, I'm a true fan. And I was like, how are you a fan of me? I just helped. I just was the author of the study guide about this really dry exam. Like, how are you a fan of me? But what ended up happening was months later, uh, I checked in my customer list and I saw that there were like 35 people from her firm that also bought my guide. And I was like, what happened here? So we started talking again more and I found out that she had convinced her boss and all of her coworkers to buy my guide. Like she could have just shared her version with everybody, but she was so thankful for me helping her. She became a super fan and was like rallying for me and got, you know, 35 more customers from, from me, from just one person. And if we just had like a thousand Jackies, like imagine what you could do with, with your mission, your message, your business, whatever. And it just really inspired me from that day forward to focus on the super fan journey. So the moment people find you, there's a responsibility that you have if you want to create super fans to take them from that initial moment triggering them into your business, but then working on that experience that they have for you over time because the truth is a person doesn't become a fan of yours the moment they find you. Like that, you're not, you're never the fan of a band the first time you hear a song from them, right? But you are activated perhaps by the lyrics that they describe or by the style of the music or, or just kind of the song itself or whatever. And then you kind of go deeper and then, and then there's many, many, many more moments over time that turn you into a super fan. It's when you buy the album and then you play that, one song on repeat and then you see them on TV and then you see their first concert and then you get the VIP tickets to go backstage and then all of a sudden you have this like giant bin in your closet of all the bobbleheads and action figures and frame photos of the entire band and this is exactly what happened uh, with my wife April who was a super fan of the Backstreet Boys and she was sort of telling me a bunch of her experience with with the Backstreet Boys for example and and it just definitely wasn't a sort of one time now I'm a fan thing it was like so many moments over years that turned her into a super fan. And this is how we become super fans of sports teams and actresses and actors and musicians and movies and brands. It's it's the experiences. And that's what this book teaches you. The the, the Thousand True Fans by Kevin Kelly is the sort of the what, um, but this is the how. Super fans is the how. And it, it takes you from the moment people find you to a number of strategies that you can use and sort of pick and choose. So sort of like a recipe book, if you will to determine your special way of creating those uh, fan moments for your brand and bringing them into the community and helping them become evangelists for, for your message and what you do. Okay, we're going to get into those strategies in a second. Um, first of all, next time I'm in San Diego, I have to have it out with April because I am a super fan of NSYNC. Oh, uh, yeah, you guys would kind of have a little quarrel. Yeah, we would throw down for sure. Yeah, we've um, had arguments about that, actually. Like, <laughs> like so I'm funny. like, oh, well, Justin Timberlake, uh, you know, he was in the halftime show for the Super Bowl twice. And, he, and she's all, yeah, but, you know, 
the band broke up a long time ago. Backstreet Boys are still together. And, and then like eventually leads into like, oh, well, he had ramen noodle hair in the 90s and, you know, whatever. <laughs> anyway. That's so funny. That's true. She does have the fact that the Backstreet Boys are they have reunited. So I'll give her that. <laughs> um, something that I love is that you actually realized the importance of super fans like a long freaking time ago. And I feel like this is something that people are just catching on to. Like there's a lot of people who still haven't caught on to it because people are putting so much emphasis on things like followers, which is something you have on the cover of your book that's scratched out. Why do you think it is a either taking people so long to understand that the importance of what they do isn't in their number of followers or maybe they do understand it but they are not acting or running their business in a way to build super fans because they still are focusing on things like vanity metrics like followers for example yeah i mean it's our own fault we're the ones the marketers the people who you know who who created facebook the people who created instagram they know what triggers people in its numbers it's vanity metrics, it's likes, it's hearts, it's all those things near, uh, oh gosh, near AL, AL, he wrote a book called Hooked, which is which really goes into the sort of dark parts of the internet and how certain companies that we use every day have purposefully designed it in a way for us to kind of get obsessed with it. And it's just, it's our own fault for making this exactly what people want. And I think because of that, it's, and, and, and numbers are easy, right? Numbers are things that can grow and you know, they make you feel good when the next day you wake up and it's bigger or you doubled in size and that's really cool. And I'm not saying followers aren't important. It's important to collect your email subscribers. It's important to have you know, uh, you know, uh, Twitter followers or, or Instagram followers, your platform of choice. And it's, con- it's good to continue to grow that because that's how you connect. But if you are doing it just to grow and you're forgetting about, well, what happens when people are experiencing your brand? I mean, those numbers mean nothing to the individual. They, they mean nothing to the subscriber. Like who, who cares? What really matters is, are you actually providing them a service? Are you actually helping them in some way? And it all starts with those sort of initial trigger moments to help people go, oh, like I actually belong here. I should dive deeper and I should go a little bit further into this person's sort of library of stuff. Uh, and 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 I don't know. It's 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 just it's just who we are as humans, right? And and I think that we're starting to see just how the numbers don't matter. I mean, there's a number of different people out there with millions of subscribers who aren't making a dime. And it really doesn't really matter if they aren't making a connection with their audience. And that's where I think a lot of people who are starting their businesses can actually take advantage because you don't have millions of people you have to pay attention to. You just have a few people and you should get to know who they are, what they need help with, how they talk about their problems, what you can do to solve them, and get, like, who? What are their names? And and that's your advantage. You have the ability to to make those connections that bigger brands aren't able to commit to, to make. And that's going to help you create those super fans even sooner and quicker. And I think a great example of this is recently an Instagrammer. She actually put herself on blast on her Instagram, and this is what went viral. She has two million followers on Instagram. She had to sell thirty six or thirty seven shirts. I don't know why that number. Um, I don't know if she was launching something or if it was some kind of partnership, but she could not oh, yeah. sell 36 or 37 shirts to her 2 million followers. So when you heard that coming from your perspective, 
just launching this book, Super Fans, what was your reaction? <laughs> Were you First like, all, thank just, you, this is great timing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was good timing. It, it, like, I, the book was already in print. I would have totally used that example in, in the book because that's that's what happens when we get so jaded by the numbers. And followers does not equal dollars. Followers does not equal col- customers. And followers doesn't e- d- d- followers doesn't equal fans. That that they're completely different. You, like I I would bet that there's a Instagrammer out there with th- 36 uh, followers who could sell a shirt to each one of their followers because they're that connected. And it might be in a small niche, but they got the people that need them to be there. And that's that's so that's so key. So it's not about the quantity; it's about the quality of the people. And plus that shirt was just like a plain white shirt, right? Like why would people buy that? Number one, number two, if you do have a group of followers, you have to understand like what, well, what, what do they want? You can't just kind of go, Hey followers, I created this thing, buy it now. No, it starts with my book. Will it fly? Which is, Hey followers, like, okay, tell me what you need. What's going on in your life. What do you need help with? I'm going to do what I can to find something that's going to actually make sense for you. And so I don't know what her business was or what her Instagram was about, but I would imagine that if she does just did a little bit of research on the things that resonated with her followers, there would be a larger group of people who perhaps would benefit from a shirt with perhaps a saying that was maybe something she said all the time that people really enjoyed and connected with because it made them feel something. It made them feel like a part of something versus, hey, guys, buy my torn white shirt and then feeling sad about it. Yeah, maybe she was going for like the Kanye West Kim Kardashian thing now where it's like like they can sell that stuff like that like I swear I look at some of their stuff and I'm like that looks they look like homeless people with some of these outfits but because it's them and they are actually true influencers they can sell it like that. Right, they they've created a, a culture behind that and that's one of the important things when it comes to your business especially after you have a community is the sort of culture that you have within and and sort of what what things mean where to the outsider it might look ridiculous, but to the insider, it's everything, right? And, and and that's what you can build in your business too. But it doesn't start there. It starts with sort of those initial moments. So I don't know if you want to dive into a few sort of strategies and tease a little I bit do. about. What, I okay, do. Cool. I want to hear what not to do and what you should do. Okay, so what not to do is to build an Instagram following of 2 million and then just sell random things. <laughs> that's number one, don't do that. Okay, um, got that, but, check. <laughs> but, but, Along those lines, you don't want to you don't want to guess what your audience needs help with. You need to know what that is. You need to know who they are, and you want to have you, you want to have conversations with them. Those are the things you do want to do. And this this stems back to and going back to the sort of example of the Backstreet Boys with April. I was asking her about the first time she remembered hearing that their song uh, and and really paying attention to it. And she brought me back to when she was fifteen. She had a breakup and it was in a room blasting the the radio. And a song came on that she had heard many times before, but she paid attention to it a little bit more closely this time because every lyric in the song was describing what she was going through in that moment with her breakup, right? And it was because of that, she was like, oh my gosh, like they get me, right? And you wanna have that like, oh my gosh, they get me moment with your audience. And that song was Quit Playing Games With My Heart by the Backstreet Boys. And it was just describing everything that she was going through in her life. And that's, that's what I call like learning the lyrics of your audience. So yes, it's kind of obvious that you need to know what your audience is going through. And for the Backstreet Boys back then, like her, their audience, right? Like teenage girls who are falling in love and falling out of love. And then just kind of, okay, how do, how do teenage girls describe like breaking up? 
oh no, quit playing games with my heart, like blah, 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 whatever, right? And then they, okay, let's write a song about that and now it's a number one hit, right? So what are your lyrics? What's this, like, not just, okay, what are the topics that your audience wants to know about, but what are the lyrics that they would resonate with? And that's why paying attention to the language that they use is so important. And and if, if you can get that right, they're gonna they're gonna automatically sort of assume that you're the right person to go to. I mean, that's very close to a quote from a guy named Jay Abraham who said, if you can define the problem better than your target customer, they're gonna automatically assume you have a solution. So the, the emphasis is on the lyrics. Um, secondly, you know, as much as a lot of us want to help our audiences and and and, and build a tribe and, and help them out, you know, if you're in the fitness space, for example it's very difficult to convince a person to go, hey, like follow my lead and I'm gonna help you lose 50 pounds in, in three weeks, right? Like, first of all, that's kind of unhealthy in, in that regard. But uh, also, that that's a big ask. And I think for people who are finding you for the first time, when you can promise these giant things, it's almost kinda, really? Like, I don't even know you yet. Why would I take that chance? Why would I spend this money? Why would I devote my time and energy to you before I even know you? And this is this takes me to a lot of strategies that kind of are influenced by my video game experiences, which are about the small quick wins. If you play any good video game that you get addicted to, you go back to the first level, you'll see how quickly it is that there are some mechanisms in there that, that get you kind of hooked, right? Like there's this game called World of Warcraft that I got hooked on back in uh, my junior year of college where literally within the first two minutes after slaying a few creatures and, and getting some gold, you 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 move up from level one to level two and you unlock these new abilities and new experiences and it's joyous and there's music and you know all these things and then all of a sudden you're 48 hours in a game without sleep and your eyes are red and you're dr drinking monsters and red bulls like that was me and it's because in that first few those first few moments you're giving a little bit of a reward and so in your business and your brand the challenge is can you in some way shape or form the moment people find you offer them something that they hadn't had before or give them something that they could take home with them within the first 10 minutes. And if you can do that, you've got them. They're activated. Now they're going to subscribe. Now they're going to follow you. Now they know. And now they're going to keep coming back for more. And that's when you can get into the bigger things. So as much as you want to maybe change the, you know, change somebody's life, you want to start by changing their day first. And a good example of this is when I followed uh, a bunch of personal finance blogs. This was before I became an, uh, an entrepreneur when I was back in architecture. I used to follow a ton of personal finance blogs. And there was one in particular like I was sort of iffy with because it had a funny name. It was IWillTeachYouToBeRich.com by Ramit Sethi, <laughs> yeah. who's a good friend of mine now. But, uh, but back then I was like, oh, this guy sounds a little crazy. But then I read an article of his. It was like the article was titled like, read this script to your cable company, save 20% of your cable bill in 15 minutes. And I was like, really? Okay, I got 15 minutes. I'll give this a shot. So I open the post. He has this script for you that you can literally call your cable company and read off. And then I was able to save in 10 minutes 25% of my cable bill. Like I got that win. And then I calculated it out. I was like, oh my gosh, over a year, it's like this much money. And over 40 years, like I just saved $100,000. Like Ramit, you're, you're a genius. Like, thank you. And then I just like literally spent all my time on his site because he gave me that quick win. Whereas everybody else was like, all right, guys, uh, invest for 40 years and then retire at 65. You're going to have millions of dollars, but you got to wait till you're 65 to get these results. Ramit gave me that result in 15 minutes, and that's something that more brands should be doing too. I love that. I can't wait to read more strategies in the book, um, and I will link to all of that in the show notes. And something that I really like about you, again, I said you've been like practicing what you preach since the very beginning, 
And I feel like, and tell me what your thoughts are, I feel like people know they need to do this, but they don't because they think they can shortcut it and they're trying to find as many ways as possible to shortcut this. Would you agree? Yeah, and I think some of those strategies that I mentioned earlier are kind of just one-time tasks that you need to figure out and then you can create and it's kind of you know automated perhaps after that point. But again, we're not at super fan status yet after that. After that, after they're on your list, after they're a follower, then you have to make them feel like they belong to a community. And that's that that's the hardest part because it takes some time and it t- takes some people management uh, and it takes understanding those experiences. And again, the book just goes over all of that because the truth is you can be on a basketball court, but you could still never be past the ball. You could still never shoot the ball. You're not going to have a good time. Even if you're in front, if your friends invite you to come play with you, unless they pass you the ball, you're, you're just kind of there doing nothing. And I think a lot of us treat our subscribers like people who are on the court with us, but we never, we never give them a chance to play or get involved or feel like they're a part of the team. And that's what sort of my later chapters in the book go into is how to make those people who are in your brand now feel like they're a part of something. And there's a lot of great brands that do some really amazing things like Lego, for example. They uh, they really encourage user-generated content, meaning if you look up Lego on YouTube, you're gonna find like 12 million videos of people using Lego and like featuring it in little movies they make and really, you know, and, and, and they reward that. They love that and that's cool. And there's a lot of other brands who don't want that because they're like, oh, they're using our intellectual property for their benefit, but Lego knows better. It's it's their own fans who are creating this and are spreading the word for them. They even uh, encourage meetups. There's Have you ever heard of AFOLs? No. So an AFOL, A-F-O-L, is short for adult fan of Lego. If you go to meetup.com, which I'm actually gonna do this live with you right now. I'm gonna go to meetup.com, which is a cool place where you can go to find communities and I'm going to, oh, where's the search bar on this thing? Maybe I have to I have to subscribe or something first. But anyway, the last time I checked, oh, here we go, AFOL. I'm just going to look up AFOL, and there's like 800 different groups around the world where there are adult fans of LEGO meetups where LEGO is just like, yeah, here, we'll give you some resources. We'll help you out. And, you know, they, they even have bigger conferences like BrickFest and Brick BrickCon. That's and insane. These are, these are events that are, guess what? Lego doesn't even create them. It's their fans that create them and they help them. I mean, there's so many things you can do at the community level. Um, one of my favorite things to do that I think is a great takeaway that a lot of people could do and should do, and it's one of my favorite things to do, is to highlight my students on my platforms. So, you know, create, you know, bringing members of the community on and highlighting them, rewarding them, showing them off to everybody else. It makes everybody else feel great. And, you know, I've done that with certain episodes, inviting people who are my podcasting students on my podcast to talk about their journey, not like ask them questions like, oh, tell me why my course was great, but more about their story and their journey. Of course, naturally, my course becomes a part of that. And then it becomes this very authentic sort of a sort of sort of testimonial that rallies everybody who goes, oh my gosh, I guess I could do it too. And it, it rallies everybody. And, and again, just, you know, the, it's those personal experiences that people have in it. And, and then at the top level, and this is where people who are like all about automation fail, it's because it's those unexpected one-on-one interactions that, keep, that get people excited and, and to get people to remember you. Like if you go to bed with your spouse every night and you say I love you every single night, right? It just becomes usual, it becomes routine. It doesn't become special anymore even though it still is special but it's not, it's not like 
something to talk about or remember, right? It just happens. But it's that random I love you. You go to her office at 3.48 p.m. on a Tuesday with a flower. Just say, I love you, honey, because you're awesome. Why'd you give me this? No reason. Boom. That's the thing that gets remembered. Those are the small things in the relationships that matter. That's what gets talked about. That's what gets shared on Instagram. That's what the other people in the office go, oh, my gosh, I wish my, I wish my husband did that. You know, the, those are the things that people – Remember, it's those small things. You don't have to like buy a whole bunch of expensive things to impress people. It just takes a little bit of time and care. And we all have the opportunity to give that to our audiences, to our customers. You have your customer list. Why aren't you sending videos to them once a month or even ha once every quarter to just say thank you? Like nobody's doing that, although we have the, all the tools to do that. You can just send a video through Instagram right now to somebody and make them feel special. And then you're going to get those people to talk about you, screenshot it, share it with their friends. Or the next time in a conversation, somebody goes, hey, where do I get one of those? You're going to be the, the name that pops up. Yet we're all so excited about SEO and Facebook ads and Instagram and all this stuff where we have all these things in front of us that we could do that we're not doing for whatever reason. So this book is is my sort of foot on the ground to go, hey, wake up, people. Like, you can create fans, like, right now, and you're not doing it. And I Sorry. think it's, like, so needed today. Um, so thank you for writing it. I will link to where you can get it on Amazon, Target, or Barnes & Noble. You want to make sure you get it before August 13th so you can get the audio version for free. Thank you so much, Pat. Yeah, thank you for having me. Okay, make sure you check out the show notes so you can get that book, Super Fans. Make sure you do it before August 13th so you can get the audio version for free and then you can pull a Christina and read the book and listen to the audio at the same time. I'm so excited for this book just because I feel like today online, so many people live in this world where they think their worth or their success is built on their number of followers or their engagement level when the truth of the matter is it's what's behind those numbers. It's what's behind the engagement. I know on the PR side, I have many times turned down a so-called influencer with 50,000 followers to work with one who had 3,000. Why? Because the 50,000 didn't care a bit about what this so-called influencer was posting and the one with 3,000 was getting true engagement and sales for what she was posting out the wazoo. Um, unfortunately, lots of people get let their ego get in the way, I think, and that's why they care so much about their perception online. And I'm so excited to read this book from Pat because I think he really puts it into perspective. And I hope you liked that little tease. Again, make sure you check out the show notes for this episode so you can get all of the details on how to get your copy of Superfans, both the book and the audio version. And I know I told you last week that we were going to talk to Charlena about accountability partners, but I had to get Pat in there and I wanted to make sure that I gave you time to listen to this episode so you could order that book and get that um, free audio version by August 13th. So I had to bump Charlena Jahan a little bit. Don't worry, Charlena, you are coming up next week with everything you need to know about accountability partners. So thank you all so much, and I will see you next week.